in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, time is 106, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's Friday, April 22nd, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program... On this uh, sunny Friday is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food, plus they have the outside deck. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. I want to um, I want to listen to this uh, newcomer now. Ashley Kalis did an interview, sat down with Ted Nisi and Tim White on Newsmakers. She's a Republican. We will obviously have her on the program. I've met her, um, and I'm anxious to hear how she's going to do with uh, with some of the the media. And this is, I think, the first. I mean, she's been on some some different shows, but I want to um, I want to hear a little bit uh, more of how she's interacts with those two individuals on on newsmakers. So. This is, uh, I want to play, let's see, first clip is her talking about why she's running her ties to Rhode Island, K-12 education, her state contract. Uh, They say Kachiri, Trump, Biden, and the Superman building deal. So it can't, well, let's let's, let's listen to a little bit of, um, of this. This week, where you decried the newly announced Superman building deal as corporate welfare. Um, obviously, that building's been empty nine years, and there's really only three options renovate it, demolish it, or just kind of leave it empty yeah. and decaying as it has been. What do you think should happen to the Superman building? So, I don't think I love the Superman building. I don't want it to disappear from our skyline. Um, my engagement photos have it in the in the background. I want my kids to uh, see the engagement photos. I'm very old and, and still see it there in the skyline. But we can't have insiders trade our sentimentality um, and do that in order to rip the state off. We just can't do that. Um, it is $65 million in corporate welfare uh, for only uh, 14 truly affordable housing units. Um, there are also questions about parking that remain unanswered um, and the tax treaty. So I think that there are a lot of questions. And the reality is that we're not competitive. If we were competitive, then we wouldn't have have to, then the building wouldn't have sat vacant for nine years. We would have somebody develop it. So we need to create the environment uh, in which somebody would develop the building. We should not have to bribe a business to do it. We should not uh, participate in a bailout of the developer. At the same time, you know, the developer has been clear. He he says that the numbers do not work uh, without some kind of public subsidy. How much, I, I, get, I grant, is definitely up for yeah. debate. Um, you know, if you came in, would you be open to a deal, a different deal with him? Or do you think that's bluster and the state should sit back and let it stay empty as long as it takes for him to... I don't know, give in, sell, or or what you think would happen? I think a leader's job is to make sure that they get a good deal done for the taxpayers. So I think um, finding a deal that works, that provides value to the taxpayers, is is something that uh, we should be able to do. I don't think that this deal does that. If it doesn't work for him and it doesn't work for the taxpayers, or this one works for him, but um, if it's not good for the people of Rhode Island and it puts Providence at risk, we, we shouldn't do it. We should work out a better deal. 
You know, I like that. Um, I like that. I, I really don't like this deal at all. And I noticed that my former colleague, Eileen Violet, in the Valley Breeze, brought out a very good part about what happens if this guy then turns after we put all this money and flips it. Does the state get any of that money? Because that's what happened with Providence Place Mall. And then the state didn't get anything. Excellent point uh, by Eileen in um, Eileen Vollett in the, the Valley Breeze. Um, I want to also play, this is more, this is the Republican Ashley Kalis, non-committal if she's considering a lawsuit against the State Department of Health. So let's see how she answers so this question. I'd like to start by... Here we go. I want to talk about doctors, uh, test centers. Uh, Ted and our colleague Eli Sherman uh, filed a story this week that uh, that that company, your company, won a state contract, as Ted said, valued at nearly $8 million, to conduct these COVID tests and vaccinations. That contract ended so acrimoniously that a police officer wound up filing a report on the dispute between you and the state and the two sides threatened each other with legal action. First, I'm wondering if you're still considering on taking the Rhode Island Department of Health to court. So I'd like to start by saying I'm really proud of our DTC employees um, and the work that they've done in the COVID response. They helped make Rhode Island the most vaccinated state uh, in the country. Uh, and our concern has always been protecting the safety of the tens of thousands of patients that we've treated. Uh, and. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we had 12 test sites and two mass vaccination sites, and we administered uh, over 400,000 tests and 30,000 vaccines. You raised some serious allegations, though, uh, it, it, towards the end of the relationship with Rhode Island. And again, you said you were going to sue the state. Are you, are you still considering that? So DOH needs an overhaul. The leadership has, uh, they've left. The director's gone, the deputy director is gone, and the head of testing is, is gone. Um, I um, have always been concerned about quality of care and patient safety. Um, and I will call out waste, fraud, and abuse wherever I see it. I so what did you do about it at the time? So I... Uh, so I have fought for my patients, and I will continue to fight for Rhode Island. So is, was that bluster then at the time when you said you were going to sue the state? It sounds like the answer is no. You haven't answered my question, but it sounds like you're leaning toward no, you're not going to considering suing the state. You know, that is, um, again, I find this interesting. I'm hearing it in real time, just like all of you. Good afternoon. Um, I give credit. Ted Nisi, Tim White, those guys, they do a a nice job. I give her a lot of credit. Right now, folks, she is doing what Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee cannot do, which is sit down for an interview, former Mayor Cumberland. Someone sent me an email, if Governor McKee leaves office, that is true. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos would, would fill out the rest of this year, but somebody would be elected governor. Um, someone would be elected governor in, in November. And then their new term would start in January, January 1st, I think. There was a time, but boy, it seemed that it would be a layup to, um, for Governor McKee. He, he was, one year ago, 
He was in a very good situation. But that was then. This is now. And he is um, certainly run into some difficulties. I just want to hear a little bit more um, of them questioning her. She's an interesting candidate. She is right now. She does not have a primary. She doesn't have a primary. If somebody says, let's take a shot with a complete outsider, um, this is the individual. So let me just hear a little bit more of her. And getting things done. I believe in standards, uh, key performance indicators, and benchmarks. And that's what I'll do as governor. I will hold people accountable and get things done. Let's, uh, let's address the future attack ads uh, against you. You bought a house in Newport last year. You registered to vote in January. You have never lived in Rhode Island. Your um, opponents will undoubtedly label you a carpetbagger who has no connection to the state nor its people. Why should anyone think differently? What people don't know is that my husband was here for eight years training at Brown and Surgery and then was at Hasbro Hospital and Rhode Island Hospital. Comedy Plast, which is our nonprofit, was started here um, and has completed 15 missions to Peru to help children with cleft lips and palates and craniofacial anomalies. Uh, we're hoping to start again this year. We had to pause during COVID. Um, we were engaged in Providence in 2008. Uh, we hope to start our life here, but we couldn't afford to. Um, we had to $250,000 in student loans and we just couldn't make it. But at a certain point you could. I mean, you bought a multi-million dollar home in Florida. You bought a multi-million dollar home in Illinois. Why not have built those homes or bought those homes in Rhode Island at that time? We, we, uh, we're back. Um, and um, I'm really happy to be back in Rhode Island as soon as we were able to. You know, my kids, um, I always wanted them to uh, grow up here. And they're at the age where they can do that now. Had you considered ever running in an another state? I mean, you chose Rhode Island. Could you have run in Florida? Could you have run in Illinois? I never considered running for anything. I was not intending to run for governor, um, but I wanted to make a difference, and I care deeply about Rhode Island. Why did you decide, uh, you've talked about the the lack of business opportunity here. Yeah. Um, your husband started his practice that I know you helped to run um, out in Illinois. You know, he, he specialized in plastic surgery. Obviously, that's something that happens in all 50 states. Why did you see an opportunity in Illinois that you didn't see in Rhode Island at the time? Um, yeah, so... It, um, this is a really small market. Um, my husband was a craniofacial uh, surgeon. Cleft lips and palates and Medicaid reimbursements are very low. Um, we just didn't think we could make it, um, especially in, with the business environment. And Chicago had more opportunity, and we needed to try to make it. I also wanted to ask you, you come out of the business uh, world, and as Tim mentioned in the open, you ran a company that uh, provided testing and vaccination services in Rhode Island, other states as well. You yes. were operating in multiple states, uh, doctors, test centers. You founded that in March 2020, right as the pandemic began. You've yeah. been running the plastic surgery practice, so this was a new business to get into. Can you talk about kind of what you saw uh, in March 2020, you and your husband perhaps, that led you to start the business at that time? We wanted to help. Um, and so the best way for us to help is we ran large-scale uh, healthcare operations uh, at high volumes, and we wanted to use that skill set to be able to help in, uh, in the response. And so that's what we did. Uh, we didn't anticipate uh, it getting so big or, or doing so much, but we were happy to, to do that. That's, that's what service is. Um, and I believe that we have done a lot for multiple different communities, and especially Rhode Island. Is Doctors Test Center still operating now in some states? 
states or has it wound down? It's winding down, um, but it is still operating in some states. I want to talk about doctors, uh, test centers. Uh, Ted and our colleague Eli Sherman uh, filed a story this week that uh, that that company, your company, won a state contract, as Ted said, valued at nearly $8 million, to conduct these COVID tests and vaccinations. That contract ended so acrimoniously that a police officer wound up filing a report on the dispute between you in the state and the two sides threatened each other with legal action. First, I'm wondering if you're still considering on taking the Rhode Island Department of Health to court. So I'd like to start by saying I'm really proud of our DTC employees um, and the work that they've done in the COVID response. They helped make Rhode Island the most vaccinated state uh, in the country. Uh, and our concern has always been protecting the safety of the tens of thousands of patients that we've treated. Uh, and. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we had 12 test sites and two mass vaccination sites, and we administered uh, over 400,000 tests and 30,000 vaccines. You raised some serious allegations, though, uh, towards the end of the relationship with Rhode Island. And again, you said you were going to sue the state. Are you, are you still considering that? So DOH needs an overhaul. The leadership has, uh, they've left. The director's gone, the deputy director is gone, and the head of testing is, is gone. Um, I um, have always been concerned about quality of care and patient safety. Um, and I will call out waste, fraud, and abuse wherever I see it. I so what did you do about it at the time? Then? So I... Uh, so I have fought for my patients, and I will continue to fight for Rhode Island. So is, was that bluster then at the time when you said you were going to sue the state? It sounds like the answer is no. You haven't answered my question, but it sounds like you're leaning toward no, you're not going considering suing the state. My concern has always been um, making sure that Rhode Islanders are safe um, and patient safety. Safety, if you're a healthcare provider, is something that you fight really hard for. Um, listen, the insiders are afraid of my candidacy. Um, I am a threat, and we've heard from Democrats and, and Republicans um, that this campaign is, is threatening, threatening the status quo, which needs to happen. Uh, I came from nothing. I've built everything that I have my, myself with my husband, um, and I will fight for Rhode Island. Let me just stick with DTC for a second here. Westerly Police Chief and then Lieutenant Paul Gingerella, uh, in his police report, was concerned with how DTC leadership and your lawyer treated him. Um, your campaign has already talked about respecting the police and law enforcement. Do you regret that interaction that took place? So what happened is on our co testing contract ended on the 31st um, of January, and we submitted to leave on the 15th, um, despite concerns that the new vendor uh, did not have the qualifications or credentials required to take over uh, the site. Uh, what ended up happening is the clinic ended at three and the new vendor came in at four to close the site um, in a responsible manner to transition a site. A lot of activities need to happen. Uh, you need to secure patient records and, and move them out. You need to decontaminate the entire site. Uh, you need to close clinical activities. We have a responsibility to patients. You need to inventory supplies and equipment. So closing a site takes time. Traditionally, a vendor would um, 
close one day and the next vendor does not come in until the next day. Um, imagine uh, signing a lease for the first, but deciding that you're going to show up on the 31st. It causes confusion. It sounded like it got ugly, though. Would you agree with that? It caused confusion. If you show up a day early, it's confusing for everybody. All right, let's turn to some of the big issues at the state level. You want to be governor, and uh, you put out a news release this week where you decried the newly announced Superman building deal as corporate yeah. welfare. Um, obviously, that building's been empty nine years, and there's really only three options, renovate it, demolish it, or just kind of leave it empty yeah. and decaying as it has been. What do you think should happen to the Superman building? So... I don't think, I love the Superman building. I don't want it to disappear from our skyline. Um, my engagement photos have it in the in the background. I want my kids to uh, see the engagement photos when I'm very old and, and still see it there in the skyline. But we can't have insiders trade our sentimentality um, and do that in order to rip the state off. We just can't do that. Um, it is $65 million in corporate welfare uh, for only uh, 14 truly affordable housing units. Um, there are also questions about parking that remain unanswered um, and the tax treaty. So I think that there are a lot of questions. And the reality is that we're not competitive. If we were competitive, then we wouldn't have to, then the building wouldn't have sat vacant for nine years. We would have somebody develop it. So we need to create the environment uh, in which somebody would develop the building. We should not have to bribe a business to do it. We should not uh, participate in in a bailout of the developer. At the same time, I you know, the developer has been clear. He he says that the numbers do not work uh, without some kind of public subsidy. How much? I, 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 I grant it's it. definitely up for yeah. debate. Um, you know, if you came in, would you be open to a deal, a no. different deal with him? Or no. do you think that's bluster and the state should sit back, let it stay empty as long as it takes for him to take you know, it away? And sell or, or what you think would happen? I think a leader's job is to make sure that they get a good deal done for the taxpayers. So I think um, finding a deal that works that provides value to the taxpayers is, is something that uh, we should be able to do. I don't think that this deal does that. If it doesn't work for him and it doesn't work for the taxpayers, or th this one works for him, but um, if it's not good for no the deal. people of Rhode Island and it puts Providence at risk, we, we shouldn't do it. We should work out a better deal. We often do this with uh, new candidates that uh, come on the show. I want to do a, a rapid fire section. I'm looking okay. for one or two word answers on this. Yeah. Here. I'll try, yeah. yeah. You'll see. Uh, do you support or oppose legalized recreational marijuana? I support it. It's about being competitive regionally. Are you pro-life or pro-choice? I am personally pro-life. Um, do you support or oppose any laws restricting high-capacity magazines or assault-style rifles? I support the Second Amendment. I think that the laws we have on the books are sufficient. Okay. Do you support or oppose so-called right-to-work laws? Yes. I think that we need to be more competitive. Uh, these are laws that restrict the ability for unions to organize, including making dues optional in yes. workplaces that are unionized. Would you support or oppose that law? I would have to see the law. Is there a specific one going through? It's a pretty common law that is debated nationwide. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on. Letter grade for Governor Dan McKee's performance. D. Through F. Think like a school teacher. I mean, I'm kind of a, a hard grader. Um, so... Um, <laughs> I don't like giving anybody an F, but why do you think I'm running for governor, right? <laughs> right. Good. And, uh, Got to ask you, what do you like better, Dells or Mr. Lemon? Uh. Dells. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Um, I want to ask you about, uh, you were talking about the Superman building deal, and it happens we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of the 38 Studios deal, which went through under a previous Republican governor, yeah. Don Kachiri. You know, when you look back and you think about becoming governor, what lessons do you take away from 38 Studios? To not... Um, make decisions uh, that are not that are uh, fiscally irresponsible. To not get tied up in a deal that's so bad um, that you can't get out of it. Um, that was incredibly embarrassing, and it really um, made it so that it uh, took away from the credibility of the government to do programs that could help with economic development. So I think we need to be mindful of the deals that we create because as impacts long term, we're still talking about it, right? Have you spoken to Governor Kachiri? Last, he was the last Republican to be elected governor? Not yet. I look forward to doing so. How about uh, Link Almond or Ed Dupree, the other two who are living? I look forward to doing that as well. All right. Our guest this week is Ashley Kalis. She is the Republican candidate for governor. When we come back, her vision for Rhode Island schools. Stay with us. You're watching Newsmakers. Once again, good afternoon. I know I'm doing this uh, long form, but... It's, uh, they're doing a very good job with it. It's um, Tim White and Ted Nisi. That is the Republican candidate. Actually, I, I normally never run anything that long. But I, um, I, I think they, they're doing a very good job uh, with this. And on top of that, it's the first time she's, she's handling herself. She is handling herself pretty well. She is absolutely handing herself uh, pretty well. Um, so I want to, though, tomorrow is a big day. Oh, okay. A reopen. Okay. I'm not sure. I know that John Francis, I'm not sure if he's home or if he's working. We could certainly try. Uh, John Francis, competition shooting supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Um, let's see. I want to reach out to him. I know he had a health procedure. I hope he's okay. The very least, let's, um, reach out and let's see if we can, uh, get a hold of him. Folks, again, local time right now, it's one twenty-eight. Then we're going to call our friend Marie. Tomorrow's a big day at, uh, It's My Health, 1099. Menden Road in Cumberland. But don't forget about competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Folks, there he is. I was wondering, didn't know if he was uh, needed another day. I hope he's feeling better. Folks, it's the defender of the faith. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hey, John. How are you? Good. How are you feeling, my friend? Uh, a little sore, but otherwise, okay. All right, good. Now, listen, I, um, I always like to tout people to visit your Facebook page, and uh, they can be a challenge at times. Did you run into some kind of a, a problem with Facebook? Uh, yeah, so apparently right now, uh, and I don't know if it's the, 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 the folks at Facebook or whether somebody has been maliciously targeting my site and declaring it, you know, labeling my post as either um, uh, where they report it as offensive, yep. where it violates com- their community standards, or now they're telling me my posts are now spam. Oh, I see. That could be someone, you know, it's tough, John Francis. That could be someone attacking your page. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, uh, I, I, I've, there's been a number of things I've got in uh, this week 
that I've not really been able to convey. Oh, good. Because they, they, keep, they keep removing the post. Ah, all right. Well, let's use this opportunity. Uh, all right. So, go right ahead. Um, so I got in a pretty sizable shipment. I got more. I got 22 ammo. I've got 9 millimeter. Great. I've got 380. I've got 45. Um, I've got a good selection of that. I've got 223. I got 556. I've got some 12 gauge target stuff again. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more uh, of the 556 coming next week. Um, I got in a, uh, a really nice Mossberg 590A1 SPX uh, uh, 9-shot shotgun. Wow. The, almost the same model that the U.S. military gets. Oh, fantastic. Um, and uh, so that's only 630 bucks. It's a really great deal. Mm. And I got an, uh, another deal on some Savage Arms Model 320 12-gauge uh, pump defense guns. They come with the pistol grip stock. They come with an excess the uh, the Picatinny rail already mounted on the top of the gun, and they're only two hundred eighty bucks, brand new. Wow, folks! It's John That's Francis. Comp- oh man, competition shooting supplies. To sell, so don't hesitate. Can you just repeat the details on that one more time? Because that's not going to last, especially if you only have five. It's a uh, Savage Arms Model three twenty uh, twelve gauge pump defense gun. So they have an eighteen and a half inch barrel, holds up to five shots. And it comes with a pistol grip style stock, so you get a lot better control uh, over that. Uh, and then, like I said, brand new at two hundred eighty bucks. Wow, that is fantastic, folks! Competition shooting supplies, four thirty five Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Easy to get to. You take exit two A, the last exit in Rhode Island. John Francis, what are your hours for the remaining part of today and also for tomorrow? So today I'm here till six o'clock, and tomorrow nine to four. Now you are still. If someone is listening right now, maybe they want to be a little more liquid. You're still buying, maybe buy it outright, or you could sell it on consignment at Competition Shooting Supplies. That is correct. And, uh, in fact, I had somebody drop off a, uh, uh, if you saw it from my post last Saturday, a really nice SIG factory uh, 308 uh, AR package rifle. Yes. And it literally sold within 30 minutes. Wow. Folks, pop it and see him. John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. John, I'm glad you're feeling better. Keep up the great work, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, John. You too. All right, folks. There it is. John Francis. Stop it and see him. My guy, gun guy at Competition Shooting Supplies. Folks, right now it's 132. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, tonight, tomorrow night, uh, karaoke starts at 830. Celtics are playing tomorrow night. You know where the game is going to be alive? End Zone Sports Pub. Stop in and see Dana, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, tomorrow afternoon is a big day at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Let's see if we can get tomorrow's the day. And I also just want to check. I think the weather forecast, I think the weather is going to cooperate tomorrow. Yeah. Perfect. Little chilly, but sunny, 62 degrees tomorrow. A little cooler than today, but nice spring weather. Today, uh, the temperature's 66 degrees, depending on where you are, 66, 67. Uh, but nice weather, especially for tomorrow. And Marie is going to be uh, rolling with... Uh, <clears throat> she has... This is really uh, dynamic, which she's going to pull off tomorrow, folks. Marie, 1099 Mended Road in Cumberland. 
Folks, there she is on this Friday. It's our friend, the Queen of Health. It's Marie. It's my health. And Marie, I uh, just checked the weather forecast. You're going to have nice sunshine tomorrow. This sounds like a great event happening at It's My Health from 1 to 4. Absolutely. It will be a fun day. People can learn some things, meet some wonderful practitioners. It'll be a great day. Now tell us all about it. Will this be inside? Will it be outside? And who's going to be attending? It'll be inside. There'll be tables set up, various um, energy health practitioners, so Reiki, reflexology, theta, all these different um, practitioners who work with our energy fields. Great. Um, we're all electricity, right? So it's it's all about our energy. So they'll be explaining things that they do, um, giving some samples of things out. I think there'll be a couple of raffles. People can can win um, some sessions with some of these people, um, and just just sharing what they do, why they do, and the expectations for some of these services. Now, folks, again, it's tomorrow, and the weather's going to be great. It's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And, Marie, I've been talking about this all week, and I did receive an email. And this was, I think it was from Donna. It was either Donna and Lori or or just Donna and then Lori also. But their question was, um, and if I basically verbatim, they said they want to make sure that Monique LaCroix is going to be there. She absolutely is. She's coordinated this. They're mostly her students who will be here. Um, Monique is um, near to impossible to get in to see. She is quite the intuitive. Um, She's she's absolutely wonderful, and she will be here. Okay, because that's the thing. all of her energy. Wow. She is... She is uh, on fire all the time. Folks, tomorrow is the day. Now, Marie, I'm going to stop by as well. I want to check it out. I think we're going to do a Facebook Live. So, folks, it's tomorrow between 1 and 4. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. And then once you're inside, you can also then check out everything that they have. It's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. So, folks, right now it's 136. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, I want to go to Marjorie Taylor Greene is, in fact, <laughs> uh, someone just sent me a message. They're not fans of, um, they would, they just, uh, um, possible. Possible. I don't know. I thought Ashley was kind of holding her own. I may go back to that, but I want to play a little bit. I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene is um, testifying today about January 6th. And I, I want to just, I'm not sure how well the quality is, but I want to hear a little bit of this. Attorney, did you say referring to Speaker Pelosi, crime punishable by by death? Let me hear a little bit of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene on the stand. Direct your attention to the bottom of the fourth page of the exhibit. This is a paragraph that starts out, she's a traitor to our country. Do you see that? I object, Your Honor, what possible relevance could it be that they see a political disagreement that resulted in hyperbole that is commonly used? Your Honor, this is an argument. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask a narrow question, Representative Green. Um, did you say, referring to Speaker Pelosi, 
She's a traitor to our country. She's guilty of treason. She took an oath to protect the American citizens. She gives aid and comfort to our enemies who illegally invade our land. That's what treason is. And our law representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's uh, a crime punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. Did you say those words? I said, this is what I was telling you, is that I, she doesn't uphold our laws. Uh, it's a simple yes or no question, ma'am. I mean, Did you say those words? Without being instructed by him to say yes or no. I don't agree, Your Honor. This is cross-examination. She's so entitled to an answer to my question, not a speech. Did you say these words that are quoted on the bottom of it? Did you say that? According to the CNN article I did, I don't remember. Do you recall saying? I don't recall saying all of this, but I do I do recall having said this about the... I totally disagree with the border issues. Okay, and actually, Next question. Okay. Good attorney on... Uh, definitely good work by her attorney there. Um, I want to follow a little bit more. So she is on the stand. They're, um, boy, they're really going after. Um, let's see. That that one was certainly a little problematic. Um, let me play this part. Marjorie Taylor Greene again on the stand. She seemed to be holding her own with the, um, regarding Capital Six. Ms. Green, did you or any member of your government or campaign staff communicate with Anthony Aguero about the events of January 6th, prior to January 6th? I don't recall. Good answer. Um, she was asked about her close friend, Anthony Ajula, who took part in the Capitol mob. Um, let's see. Let me hear this. This is um, where she then says she does remember the Pelosi thing. You, you, you said, Here we go. In fact, you think that Speaker Pelosi is a traitor to the country, right? Uh, you're not answering that question of speculation. You've you, you said that, haven't you, Ms. Green, that she's a traitor to the country? No, I haven't said that. Okay. Can I just please? Oh, no, wait. Hold on now. I believe by not upholding the uh, securing the border that that violates her oath of office. Fair enough. I'm I'm not interested in her oath of office. I'm interested in that you said that she's a traitor to our country, right? I object, Your Honor. She's not. You know, I don't, I don't even think she's wrong on that. By the way, I don't. I'm not convinced she's wrong on that. Here's the video of her. I believe speaking outside. Of the Capitol. And she gives aid and comfort to our enemies who illegally invade our land. That's what treason is. And by our law, representatives and senators can be kicked out and no longer serve in our government. And it's a, it's a crime punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason and we want her out of our government. She's held her seat of power for 32 years. She's 78 years old. She is dying in Congress. <laughs> She's not wrong about that. They certainly are doing those things. Um, 
Let me just see this. So she's having quite the go round. This is also on C-SPAN. Marjorie Taylor Greene liking a comment on Facebook. See, this type of stuff gets you jammed up a little bit um, about executing Nancy Pelosi. Let me hear this. And you're using a CNN article. I'm asking you to answer my question. Did you like a post that said it's quicker, that a bullet to the head would be a quicker way to remove Nancy Pelosi from the role of speaker? I've had many people manage my social media account over the years. I have no idea who liked that. Okay. You're, are you testifying under oath it wasn't you? just want to be clear on that. I am testifying. I have no idea who liked that comment. Fair enough. It could have been. Listen, you, you can't. You can't like stuff like that on a, and I'm actually seeing it right now on a CNN article. You, you, you can't, whoever did that from her office, you, you can't do stuff like that, folks. I mean, you just can't. Um, <laughs> wow. She did say that at the, in, the, in the video, by the way. She did say all of that. Here is the audio, Kevin McCarthy saying President Trump admitted some responsibility. So now a problem is a little local radio interview after you made comments at press conference, not remembering the call. A a problem I think was, um, (laughs) boy, these guys are having a tough day. Mark Meadows was registered to vote in three states. See, how is that possible? How is that possible? Here is Kevin McCarthy, who I've met and liked, and like, I should say, uh, asking about, did he make comments about President Trump? Let me hear Did you tell House Republicans on the January 11th phone call that President Trump told you he agreed that he bore some responsibility for January 6th, as Chairman Thompson's letter indicates? I'm not sure what call you're talking about. Hmm. All right, Kevin's having, um, you know, where he, again, ran into some problems. Let me also say this about Ted Nisi and Tim White. Uh, Governor McKee blames Channel 12 for his FBI probe. So anyone that doesn't think or thinks that they were questioning Ashley Kalis too tough, he, he won't do sit for an interview with Channel 12. All right, here is uh, Kevin McCarthy. He has responsibility. He told me personally that he does have some responsibility. I think a lot of people do. But what I proposed, which I think history will say, I'm right, because it's the right thing to do, I believe. You have a bipartisan commission and get all your facts. Actually work through the grand jury to find out at the end, instead of predetermining whether someone's guilty or not. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. I, I'm going to reserve judgment on uh, on Kevin. His office have always been uh, very fair to me. Um, he might be having a little bit of a rough day. So let's let's I, I'm going to wait to see. What what happens with his relationship with President Trump? I'm going to wait to see what happens. Oh, do they have it live? Oh, they do have it live. Here we go. She's still on the stand. She is still on the stand. All right, folks. Marjorie Taylor Greene testifying whether she should be oh disqualified for running for re-election.
listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. Minor glitch. We got it straightened out. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This is uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greene trial that's going on right now. I just want to hear, this is her um, trial and whether or not she can, they're trying to keep her off the ballot in Atlanta. Disqualifies anyone who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. She's the first lawmaker to testify under oath about her involvement in January 6th. So you can hear, it's not that loud, but I think it's... They're going to come back to it, make it a little louder in just a moment. Boy, this is an important hearing, folks. And then you saw three times when it was cut. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And Mother Jones, I'm sorry, I am not going to rely upon them to give an accurate depiction of the question. Oh, she was on Steve Bannon's war room. This. This is These are the things that are turning these independent voters, but they need to look harder. They need to look harder at the lies of Blue and On, because Blue and On, the dangerous media, the Democrat media that is so divisive and would do anything to cause someone like me to be killed or someone like you, Steve, to be killed because of the Democrat lies about us and about January 6th. You see, they're the real problem in the country, and I hope that these independent voters, these people that are starting to wake up, I hope they wake up to these lies because they're telling terrible things about us, things that are not true, and things about other Republicans that are not true and innocent people that were at the Capitol on January 6th. But the real truth is the communist revolution that the Democrats funded and waged every single day and every single night in American cities all across our country. You see, that was an attack on innocent American people, whereas January 6th was just a riot at the Capitol. And if you think about what our Declaration of Independence says, it says to overthrow tyrants. So there's a clear difference between January 6th and the Marxist communist revolution that Antifa BLM Democrat ground troops waged on the American people in 2020. But this selfish self-righteous Congress that only serves itself, refuses to talk about the people. All they want to talk about is the riot on January 6th. And I'm fed up with it. I'm sick of it. And I'm tired of their lies. She's a firepower, though. She is without question a firepower, folks. Um, that is, again, this is this is really interesting. I don't know where this is going to, where this is going. But this is the, she's testifying that she I mean, this could happen. They're certainly going after her if she would be disqualified. Disqualified from running again. 
So, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 149. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Let me just see uh, if there's any other updates on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hearings underway. (laughs) Voters have filed legal challenge arguing she voluntarily aided and engaged in the January 6th riot to obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. Did anyone from your office or campaign provide maps to the Capitol? She says, Green, I just got keys to my office. I couldn't find the bathroom most of the time. Um, where's the question she was asked? I'm not a history expert. They are really going after her. <laughs> she is Representative Marjorie Taylor Green, right side broadcasting. Senator Green takes the stand. Wow. Um, let's see. I, I don't know where this is going to lead. Um, this is the Kevin leaked audio reveals Kevin McCarthy inconsistencies. This is not good. This is uh, CBS News this morning. McCarthy called that false and wrong. But his own words from a newly released audio recording seem to contradict him. Scott McFarland looks at McCarthy's statements and how they change over time. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. Days after a violent mob stormed the Capitol on January 6th, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy claimed former President Trump was in part responsible for the deadly riot. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. But possibly fearing fallout from the Trump base, he backed down. Thursday, the New York Times reported the California Republican had in fact privately said he was considering asking for Trump's resignation in the days after the insurrection. This account is adapted from a new book written by New York Times reporters. McCarthy released a statement on Twitter calling the reporting, quote, totally false and wrong. But by Thursday night, audio obtained by the New York Times revealed a very different reality during a January 10th House leadership call, which included Wyoming's Liz Cheney. Are you hearing that he might resign? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. McCarthy reportedly went on to discuss the impeachment proceedings. The one discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should do that. Ultimately, Kevin McCarthy voted against impeaching Donald Trump. Democrats have responded to this report by calling the Republican leader a fraud. No comment on the recordings from Kevin McCarthy or the former president, but there are reportedly more audio files to come. Well, I'm going to guess, folks, and again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's 153, 153 on this Friday. I'm guessing that this was leaked by that Liz Cheney. I'm just guessing that. I don't think it's been revealed. Um, as I've said, this is either going to go one of, of two ways. If, if the relationship between Kevin McCarthy and President Trump stays the same, then they're all on the same page. If, for whatever reason, they break off, 
then I would, then it's obviously, I don't want to say it's obviously they're not on the same page. What I mean is that it's obvious that, that Kevin McCarthy's got some problems on his hands. So, um, we just check to see if there's any other type of, uh, headlines on this Friday. Marjorie Taylor Greene candidacy challenged at hearing. No, no question about that. Um, Hockey Hall of Famer Guy LaFleur has passed away at age 70. At age 70. Um, Boston urges mass as battle brews over transit rule. <clears throat> Isn't it, folks? It is just amazing. The battle is continuing regarding the masking. I mean, it is, it still continues. Even though COVID has definitely died down, COVID is, um, essentially become a cold for a lot of people that are getting it. Um, but it is still a, it is still a battle now on public transit. I, I freely admit I'm not a fan of some of these battles that are going on about the masks. Not a fan about um, the masks. No, it's, um, I, I think for, for those that feel most comfortable wearing it, they should absolutely wear it. Those that are not comfortable wearing it should not wear it. Closer to home, folks, that bill sponsored by Senator, uh, State Senator Sam Bell, State Senator Tierra Mack, State Senator Frank Lombardi, State Senator Cynthia Mendez, and then whoever that person is from Warwick, I forget, and then John... Mandate all residents 16 years or older, you have to be vaccinated against COVID. If you're under 16, the resident will be required to be immunized against COVID with the responsibility ensuring compliance following all parents and guardians. Any person who violates this has to pay a monthly civil penalty of $50 and owe twice the amount of personal income taxes. It, it is just so appalling it's beyond appalling. And Senator Frank Lombardi signed on to that. And a lot of them are trying to distance themselves from it. Senator Sam Bell has also been uh, apparently receiving donations from, from the company, the, um, the, the, the immunization, the COVID shots that you get, been getting money from them. It is... Um, it is just, it's disgraceful. So, but that shows you, I believe over the next few months, folks, um, I think that people, I hope, are going to start to wake up. I hope that they're going to start to realize. And, and one of the people that's really on the front line with this is Rhode Island Governor Dan McKay. He is... Um, Definitely. Fox Sandra Smith claims a gallon of milk costs $11 in New York City. I didn't know that. I didn't know it's that much. Um, but he, he is certainly going to have a problem because, as I had mentioned, the way that he is starting to take heat, that he's gone too far left, Governor McKee, will arrange and, uh, and do an interview with, with uh, Ashley 
will definitely do that, who is uh, the Republican candidate. You know, who knows? Maybe the planets align a certain way. Maybe people say we might as well have an outsider take over that office. Because how is it working out having someone like the former mayor of uh, Cumberland who finds himself the subject of an FBI probe? Folks, right now at 158, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. And this portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in and see them. Delicious food and drink. And plus, they have the big deck you can sit outside. They're waiting for you. Nice afternoon at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So I, it's, it shouldn't be lost on people that the Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to get her off the ballot in Georgia. That is legitimate news. I fully agree between that and the book coming out about Kevin McCarthy. It does seem to put the Republicans, President Trump, in January 6th back into the spotlight. However, they're, they're both, they're, they're not Fully connected. I know some people will think they're connected. They're not fully connected. Listen, visit the website, dipetro.com. If you'd like to reach me, uh, get a hold of me, if you, so to speak, uh, the best thing to do is go to the website, dipetro.com, and then right at the top, you can click on Contact John. If you'd like to support the show, anything like that, plus we post all our audio right there. We post a lot of video as well. Listen, it's a nice Friday. I want everyone to enjoy this Friday, enjoy this weekend. Go Celtics. We're back on the radio Monday at 11. We'll be doing One After Dark later tonight on Facebook. Enjoy this Friday and stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. The John Dion program is on. WNRI Winsocket.